show with me, Swithin Dobson, and him, Tim Patton. Today we discuss the victory of the Taliban. Is this a win or a defeat for the West? Tim. I want to argue this is a total win for the West, at least the West that I <clears throat> identify with, uh, and it's a total loss for the West that I don't identify with. Uh, I, I, I think think the quote made by the uh, Carters, um, uh, this is from Scott Horton's uh, uh, Twitter following uh, from his oldie but goodie, um, and this is the Zbigniew Brzezinski. Um, you're speaking to the Mujahideen at the Afghan-Pakistan border. The Mujahideen is sort of a precursor to uh, the current Taliban, and he said, "Your cause is right, and God is on your side." Uh, and and apparently he's been proved correct with the fall of Kabul in roughly 10 days, if not a few hours. Uh, you know, the advance, the blitzkrieg the Taliban did after you know the uh, over the over the past few months is quite impressive, and I think the sort of picture that the Taliban in the uh, presidential palaces will be one of those pictures that uh, are quite that, that are historical. You know, there's old Lenin quote that history, sometimes in a few days years can happen, and I think I think the past few days years have happened. I mean, we saw the United States, one of the primary United States Middle East influences, just basically evaporate, and not only evaporate. It's an embarrassing for the sort of neocon and neoliberal establishment. Got to remember, you know, Mr. Nobel Peace Prize winning Barack Obama, uh, uh, he continued every Bush policy. And actually, Donald Rumsfeld, funnily enough, um, Donald Rumsfeld, funnily enough, in his Unknown Unknowns uh, documentary, uh, uh, said used Obama continuing the policies that he stood in place as evidence that they worked or they were the best policies. Um, so, like, you know, th- this is a war that's, you know, and, and it's also exposed a lot of these phony left-wing anti-war people like Stephen Colbert who, and John Stewart, who made their name on, um, uh, as well as a lot of left-wing Christians, who made their name on, like, opposing the Iraq and the Afghanistan war while Bush did it, but then turning around um, um, and supporting the other war. So, yeah, this is a it's a bipartisan war. It's also a multi-nation war, too. You know, Brit- Britain was involved. To what extent Britain was involved in following? It's a question I'll ask you a little bit. Uh, but this is a huge win for the sort of non-interventionist right. Um, I think I think it's a huge win for the traditional right. I think it's huge, you know, the sort of what the Rothbard would call the old right. And, you know, uh, this is a big win for Ron Paul. Uh, you know, when Ron Paul talked about 9-11, he asked why it happened. They hate us. No, he said because we were over there. Now, again, you could get into whether the United States should have supplied the Mujahideen against the Soviets to begin with. Uh, but that but that question is, is a much earlier question. Uh, the current invasion, especially after the first 90 days, you know, after 9-11, if you want to argue that they should go in and bomb a few buildings, they could have done that and left. Uh, you know, And actually, some people are coming on and saying, yeah, actually, the war in Afghanistan worked. We caught the guy. We got brought him to justice. That 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 to me is a little stretch. But the sort of nation building exercise of creating an Afghan Jeffersonian republic, uh, turning it into Sweden, never worked and failed miserably. Uh, and watching the Taliban take over was one of the was one of the most neatest days in in my life, in political life. And, you know, it's one of those historic events. It, in a way, it's like the fall of Saigon. Insofar as, ironically enough, Vietnam is a closeted U.S. ally uh, against China, of course. So like you know, it sort of it took the long way around, and I think in going years forward, there's going to be quite support of the Afghan U.S. 
relations here. Uh, and I think a more realistic, sober analysis would, uh, or instead of we're trying to build, you know, Jeffersonian democracies abroad at gunpoint, um, you know, it, it, it would just sort of be more realistic or foreign policy. Of course, I'm an anarchist, a right-wing anarchist of some variety, abolish the state. But in the meantime, you know, I, I don't really see why Afghanistan is a threat. And as far as 9-11 is concerned, this is another giant rabbit hole that must be brought up. Uh, you know, you can accept the official doctrine if you want everything, but there's a lot of holes in it. There's a lot of classified documents. It's like one of those events like Pearl Harbor. If the, if the Americans knew the Japanese code, and yet why are they moving four aircraft carriers around? We'll never really know the details of 9-11, but it's just look at the passports of where the people were from. They were from Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Um, yeah, they were harbored in there, but like, like who, you know, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. Uh, which we're supposed to just take as given, um, but it's it, that the initial impetus for the war itself has huge question marks, which also brings back to the, um, which also brings us back to the uh, old right version. Uh, you know, Scott Horton and Alice Hershey. All, I cannot say her name, but she, I'll I'll call I'll do do thing that makes feminist. I'll call her Neil Ferguson's wife. Um, um, was involved in a debate with Scott Horton, and it was there was two on two. Um, and there was a neocon, more traditional neocon there. And he brought up World War II um, as uh, like, you know, gave me an accessible American intervention. He said World War II. And in a way, you know, you know, as Peter Hitchens said, every, you know, intervention since then is an attempt to do be miss a mini Churchill or a mini uh, 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 FDR. Um, and, you know, if you read books like uh, Human Smoke and some other books, a lot of that sort of like and, or Peter Hitchens' phony victory. I haven't read it yet, but. From all I can see, and I can sort of basically get the narrative, you know, the idea is that the West was some good guys and the enemies were, you know, absolutely evil. There was a lot of real politics involved there. So I think in that way, you know, when the neocons and neoliberals will bring up um, the Anglo-American victory there, it's like, well, and we also had to occupy them at great expense with the Marshall Plan, occupy Japan, we also nuked Japan. So even when they bring them up, it's it, that that to me is also a win for the old right to the traditional United States for the libertarian foreign policy as well. Uh, uh, so, so the comparisons that the neocons makes also in the neoliberals, of course, because they're very much similar. Uh, so we have sort of the, the repudiation of Woodrow Wilson's policy of, you know, making the world safe for democracy. Uh, and again, you know, reports are coming out and um, this is from the AP um, uh, built and trained at two decades cost of 38 billion Afghan security forces collapsed so quickly and completely in some ways without a shot fire, that the ultimate beneficiary of the American investment turn, turned out to be the Taliban. Um, supposedly they've gotten hold of F-15 uh, trainers, they've gotten hold of advanced missile systems. Um, and initially enough, this is all probably going to Iran. Uh, so this is a classic action of like an attempt to make something better. You arguably make yourself worse, air quotes. Um, um, so, so yeah, those are my overall thoughts on this. I, I think it's a win. I'm not particularly afraid of Iran. I'm not, and I don't think the West should be particularly afraid of Iran or the U.S. or, or, or Afghanistan. Um, I actually think it's embarrassing, in a way, being afraid of Afghanistan. What overall thoughts, Swithin, on the 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 historic event there? Swithin, do you have any comments on that? And you know, then later on, I want to sort of get a take on the British take of this. Oh. I, I... It's, it's it's definitely a win. Uh, it's um, the, the pictures of the um, the Taliban in the political office is hilarious, with a the, the nice table and the picture and the and behind with the 
turban guys with the beards and the probably looks like an AK-47. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, would I like to live under the Taliban? No. But what this shows is, as you pointed out, you know, the whole nation building exercise that the Americans have trying to be engaged with um, over the last 20 years is just a complete and utter failure. Lib- liberal democracy is not ready. Well, there is not the appropriate soil in Afghanistan for liberal democracy. It's just not a system which will work in um, in that area. And the audacity of the the neocons in the West who think they can just go around the world and just go, well, you know, we know if we look at history that those with liberal democratic institutions are the most advanced societies in the world. So what really needs to happen is if we need to change the institutions and then, you know, there'll be land of flowing milk and honey in Afghanistan and all these other areas. Uh, and it just turned out to be completely and utterly false, which is entirely unsurprising, uh, as most of the critics made it at the time. So the humiliation of the really sort of disorderly um, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Now, obviously, this isn't good, at least insofar as various, probably more people died than may otherwise have turned with leaving, etc., but the, the the humiliation that this gives to the Americans should hopefully prevent uh, any future uh, interventions. That said, I did think it's amusing that the only reason a lot of people in the West were complaining about, oh, no, the Taliban are really bad because of their, how they're going to treat women, uh, women and girls. And like, uh, like, it's almost as if they wanted to change tack on what the justification was for occupation. And it seemed to be the case that, oh no, what we're going to do is trying to liberate the world for li- women's rights and some sort of uh, a feminist um, ideology and spread that around. But, I mean, it was just like, I-, I like the fact that you're annoyed because you're annoying the right people. I mean, this is just ridiculous. And again, do, do I want to live in the Taliban? No. Do I think they are appropriate in all ways? No. But but to focus on, oh, yes, yes, the, the, the reason we should stay there is um, or the implication that oh, we should stay and help is because of women's rights. It's kind of like, is that really a justification for invading or, ma- or maintaining an occupation of a country? If so, please tell me which is the next country you're going to invade. And please say it's Saudi Arabia. Oh, no, it's not Saudi Arabia. Oh, oh, really? Are you being consistent? No, you're not. There's a surprise. So. It's, this this is um, highly amusing. Um, in, a, in a way, in a way, it reminded me, my, my, my disposition is somewhat similar to what happened on Insurrection Day on the 6th of January, which I thought was utterly hilarious. Uh, we had these, 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 these complete buffoons just wandering around uh, the Capitol building. I thought it was utterly hilarious. Um, and in a way, the Taliban just turning up as a motley crew is also sort of funny in the same way. Um, so hopefully this will set the uh, American empire back. Although, as uh, Keith Preston uh, points out, quoting, yeah, that the American overseas troop numbers are lowest that they have been for 100 years. So maybe that's just a, a part of uh, the recession in general. Um, but, yes, it's, it is good to see. I mean, if anything, just so that they don't invade any other country and kill more people than they 
well, than, than should happen because they shouldn't be there. Um, on to the British involvement, we were relatively heavily involved. Um, over the 20 years, we spent at least £37 billion, which worked out at like £2,000 um, per household. Now, I suppose you could say, oh, yeah, but over 20 years, that's only £100 per household. But it's kind of like, did those people in England really want to pay £100 a year so, so that uh, we could uh, maintain the heroin supply from uh, Afghanistan? Probably not. Um, oh, the listeners may know um, Afghanistan is the world's largest opium producer and prior to the invasion in 2001 the supply had uh, been uh, somewhat um, well has been completely choked by the Taliban um, so yes we were particularly involved although what's bizarre what I think is, was it the defense minister or one of the ministers he started like almost crying that the, the fact that uh, we had been we were leaving Afghanistan I think he fought there and I was like what? You really invested that much in it? It's like, well, someone's been like reading the press releases and believing what they're saying, as opposed to kind of like the real reason you're there. Um, although I suppose it's just maybe this is just acting. I mean, uh, another British former British minister has um, a history. Well, a form with that was good old Matt Hancock, former health secretary, who uh, decided to cry on uh, live television. Uh, although that was probably completely orchestrated this one may not have been but britain was very uh, involved and um 37 billion pounds which is uh, i'm trying to think of a comparison um it's about the well a bit less than um annual debt interest payments debt interest payments are about fifth largest area of expenditure of the year just to give sort of a, a broad comparison but um or I'd say for the West, this is a big win. It's a big win if you're in Afghanistan being ruled by the Taliban. Maybe, maybe not. Although I do hear that apparently the Taliban are going around disarming the population. Uh, so um, that probably won't end well. Uh, but uh, for the Afghans. But as I say, for the West, there's very little bad uh, with this. I entirely agree. There is very little bad with it. Um, um, and in some ways, if the Taliban's goal was to uh, uh, divide, divide, politicize the West, it did it did a fairly effective way. Um, 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 so getting out of this quagmire uh, uh, is nothing but a win. And as far as the sort of human rights propaganda, you see, you know, this this is where this is where just this is just where like, well, He's dropping a, you know, is bombing a funeral or is, you know, a hospital or uh, which all things have been done in Iraq and Afghanistan. Let's just focus on Afghanistan or firing a hellfire missile at. You know, are these really the actions of a, you know, humane power, which is what the United States was doing? Uh, now you could argue there are errors, and you know, you, you know, there's there's the reports that sort of urinating on so, uh, Af uh, Taliban bodies. Again, you know. These really actions, so like a lot of these sort of tears over this, it's just sort of crocodile tears in a way. They're 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 you know, you know, in the same way with Vietnam, I think the reports are like you know we probably with napalm gas and you still fixed today killed maybe a million people. Those reports, you know, the number of Afghans who died in this. So like maybe the Taliban aren't the greatest thing, but it's not clear the American-backed um, counterinsurgency uh, was that nice to live under. 
either. So, so, or that was, you know, and it was fairly corrupt. And the Afghan forces, one of the reasons why they folded so quickly, uh, and this is from analysis, I forget where it's from, I should pull up my link here, uh, was, you know, fairly corrupt. I mean, they spent lots of money to train this, this, this sort of domestic army, and it crumbled. And no, no one cared. And the police chief of Afghanistan, from Anderson, basically surrendered. Everyone surrendered to the Taliban quite quickly. It, it, it's quite the romp, in a way, um, of, of forces. So, like, the people who wanted to stay there, it's like, well, if, if they so love the Americans and American rule and so hated the Taliban, they, they more or less welcomed them to open arms. Um, and this also sort of belies any realist strategy. Uh, you, you know, you know, the... One of the things I think the one of the things I think uh, Chiang Kai-shek was correct on, and the South Koreans, the two things that and actually the British in Hong Kong for now were correct on, is to you know you have to sort of retreat to a defensible position. If the U.S. would have focused on, hey, let's just set up uh, the central city as you know an American uh, protectorate um, and go you know say set that up as a sort of the Jeffersonian. East, you know, Jeffersonian Eastville, and, instead of, and say it's Kabul and the surrounding areas, they might have been able to carve themselves out an enclave, um, you know, uh, they carve them out themselves out of an enclave in there. But no, they didn't take that sort of realist, pragmatic strategy. You know, the South Koreans, you know, they just sort of, well, just accept an armistice with the North and draw a line here. Uh, uh, it, those are the more successful American uh, and for that matter, British occupations. If they would have took more reasonable goals, they might have been able to do that. Um, and actually, the Afghanis might have been able to do that as well. Uh, but the U.S. sort of bungled the whole thing. And you know, to go back into sort of opaque military history philosophy, uh, you know, one of the one of the uh, you know one of the qualifications for a just war is it's a win-up war. Uh, you know, this is sort of traditional Christian philosophy here. And you know, was this war winnable? Uh, you know. Maybe, you know, the, the Yared Rook was in a debate about, now this again is about Iraq, I think, but it was like the claim was, oh, we didn't fight it well, we didn't fight to win. And that might be true. Uh, but like, you know, what does winning look like? I mean, how, I mean, how much of the Air Force do we, and how much of the, the Marines do we have to send over there and for how long? You know, indefinitely? And if it's indefinitely, that, that's a very long occupation. And that requires a lot of restraint from the occupiers not to look like tyrants. Uh, and to go back to my older point, uh, just like Vietnam became a closeted American ally, uh, it's probably going to be the same way going forward with Afghanistan. I mean, they're bordered by China. They have Turkey. You know, they have lots of, you know, powers, which they probably don't like particularly either. And so, you know, maybe maybe it'll be an interesting picture going forward. Any comments on the humanitarian uh, claims as well as the occupation as well as the um the the soul didn't fight appropriately in just war theories with him and then we'll sort of wrap this up oh well certainly i mean the big problem with the just war theory uh, well big reason why it was unjust is there was no um clear goal well i mean some people claim oh yes when when they defeated the uh terrorist camps and stuff it's like well okay if that's the case then leave i mean if you haven't got a goal you can't win uh, and this seems to be a continuing theme of American foreign policy, unless, of course, the goal was merely just to enrich the uh, arms contractors and increase the military budgets, in which case having an ongoing indefinite war is the best way of doing it. Uh, depends how cynical one wants to be. But I do remember hearing the argument that actually Vietnam was started because 
otherwise they were going to cut the uh, American military budget. So they needed to have a, another war to happen after Korea. Uh, otherwise, it would have been cut. So it was clearly unjust on that basis. On the humanitarian stuff, it's very difficult to say. I mean, it doesn't seem like a particularly pleasant place to live. Um, as you say, it's almost certainly very corrupt. And of course, the Americans bomb places and uh, being particularly violent. It's not really. Um, so it, it's not obvious how bad uh, Afghanistan is, uh, would be under the Taliban and under sort of uh, the uh, American backed sort of um, quote unquote democratic government. Um, another thing that's worth noting here is um, the Americans could well have attempted to sort Afghanistan out um, by basically chopping it up into various uh, ethno states. Because most of the disputes and the violence in between the groups in um, in Afghanistan are between various ethnic groups there. Uh, in particular, uh, the I think it's right, the Pashtun and the Tajik. Um, there's various others as well. I mean, if they'd split the country into various different ones, then you know it could have been relatively stable, and they could have left. Because one of the reasons why like the strongman Taliban is required to kind of keep everybody together is because well, when you've got peoples who otherwise have made massive disagreements with it and would rather not be under the same political community, well, the only way to keep them together is a strong man, um, which is, and again, so similar to Iraq in that respect. So Iraq should be at least three countries. Um, and so it, 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 it's quite a, um, a clear lesson in sort of like the artificiality of various um, states and how, uh, like, large level centralization of this kind of stuff simply um, doesn't uh, work. Um, so, yeah, the humanitarian stuff is, is not obvious. I mean, as you say, you, you bomb hospitals, you bomb these sort of insurgent groups and you have to kill more people there. I mean, that's I mean, what's worse than that? Girls not going to school or bombing your wedding? I think I know which one I choose. Um, so th th those would be my uh, final thoughts uh, on the whole uh, Afghan situation. Tim, any final comments? Yes, I, I was going to conclude here. It's it's a hundred percent victory um, for the non-interventionist right, um, and and the non-interventionist left to some extent. You brought up the neocons. Um, you know, one of the things that one of the things that's interesting that cannot be forgotten is the sort of flip-flop the Democrats did 2008, you know, here in the United States in 2008-2016 on that conflict. Um, um, and that was sort of the campaign that way, uh, you know, and that's that's a real that's a real victory um, for the sort of Ron Paul uh, type movement, um, the ant, you know, because that, that, that's one of the sort of central tenets that they, they, you know, it, it's, 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 there's a lot to blame to go around there, but I think in terms of victory, you know, the, the, you know, one of the people who've been consistently throughout this for like the last 19 years been against this is Ron Paul. Uh, without under Trump, he was against this under Biden, under Obama, under Bush, uh, under all four American emperors. He was against this. Um, so, yeah, it's a huge win. It's a huge win. I don't think, you know, for the people who are sort of crying about like, you know, the girl stuff, I'd also ironically view that as a win, too. I mean, maybe maybe Christopher Hitchens was right when he defended. Again, this is slightly different, but I do think there's a lot of similarities between the two inventions. You know, this is this is one of Christopher Hitchens' proto arguments for the war in Iraq. You want to set up, you know, liberal democracy. So maybe maybe the left actually does secretly support um, this intervention, um, but they can't really 
explicitly state that because they're supposed to be anti-colonial or anti-imperial. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, overall, huge win, huge win for localism, a uh, huge win for libertarian poli foreign policy, a huge win for Scott Horton, too. So I, I'm very glad with this, and hopefully we don't go back. Swithin, great, great, great talking to you about this. Oh, indeed. Let's hope we don't go back and that it's not just an excuse for, oh, we left them for years and look how terrible the Taliban are again. Let's go and liberate them uh, again. Uh, that would be uh, the wrong lesson to draw from this. But now I'd just like to thank everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please share it with your friends and family and subscribe to us on Podbean and on YouTube. The more subscribers we get, the higher we get in the search rankings and the more people can access this material. And if you'd like to contact the show for any reason, please contact us at mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com. That's mindcrimelibertyshow at gmail.com.com. Dot dot com.